Well, hello, friends. It is 209 on WGN. Yes, the sun has come out. It was rainy before, but a nice day. Uh, And uh, we really appreciate you joining us here today. Obviously, it has been quite a legal week. (laughs) Every story you uh, turn seems to be a legal story. And the big one yesterday was Roe v. Wade. And we'll touch on it a little bit here with Gemma Allen and Todd Glassman. And uh, Gemma, first, hello. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm really good. I'm better with a little bit of sun and seeing you. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of you to say. Todd's joining us over the phone. Todd, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, John. The rain has stopped, and uh, the Grateful Dead show later tonight will go on. So <laughs> are you I'm going? Excited. Are you going to it? I am. I. Uh, it's been about six or seven years, but I. I heard about last night. I heard it was incredible, so I'm going to make the trek. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Jim, are you going tonight? I am not going tonight, but I will get all of the news from my partner <laughs> for sure, blow by blow. Oh, yeah, exactly. Let's talk a little Roe v. Wade. I know, and as we've been saying for four, well, about 25 hours now on WGN, uh, we welcome all opinions on this this program. We're a reflection of that, but obviously everyone's got one. And not that I need you to share your opinion, Gemma, but you know, feel free to say whatever you'd like. But for family law, this does have an implication, right? Well, for for all lawyers, it has an implication because I think, you know, we all go to law school relying on precedent. Mm-hmm. We learn about the law. We learn about the reliability of the law. And that's now been swept away. So on that point, I am beyond depressed as well as some others that I won't go into. But okay. with regard to family law, um, one of the aspects of this law is that now child support will be due from the moment of conception. Wait, really? Yeah. So that might have a little rain on people's parade. Oh, interesting. So, like, if, because they consider, I mean, did they define that if life starts at conception, then so do the payments So do payments for child support. I should say in Illinois, um, which is where I am, we've always made provisions for child support, in theory, from birth on. So hospitalization, you know, all those kinds of things. I think this will now put a very fine point on that obligation and make it much more likely to be enforced and to be expected. Right. Is that going to be a state-by-state thing, do you think, Gemma? Um, well, it has been state-by-state state in abortion, terms of child certainly. support. Oh, and child now, support. And now also it's state. One of the things Todd and I lecture about all the time to many people is to check your local law mm-hmm. on anything. And boy, will that be true now. Right. And, and this is going to be something... And it's just so interesting. Obviously, there's abortion itself. And each state legislature, except for the trigger law ones that have already settled it, Correct. or states like Illinois that have already defined it as legal, they're gonna, we're going to have 30 battles over the next few months as state legislatures try and figure out what's next. And it's not just abortion. It's these things you're talking about. Exactly. And I think even within the states that have trigger laws, there's going to be all kinds of um, legislative provisions, proposals, battling. We are in a new world. Mm -hmm. Things that we thought, again, I'm just going to be a lawyer for a minute in terms of a purist, settled law is settled for a reason. So you can rely on it and live your life on it and build your expectations on it. And that's now gone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be so unnerving. I'm finding that as unnerving as the decision itself. Todd, any other thoughts on on, on Roe and, and the family law implications of it that you see? Well, you know, one of the thoughts that I had on the family law implications is I know Illinois is going to still have, you know, legalized abortions. I think the mayor of Chicago, I think the governor has been very strong uh, in the last day or so about that. I think there's going to be people that are going to flood in from, you know, more conservative states that prosecute anyone that tries it, and they're going to come into Illinois. So I think there's going to be 
Um, a lot more family law cases. There's going to be all different kinds, maybe surrogacy cases, maybe, you know, to Gemma's point, child support cases. And I'll also add, you know, not just in family law, but across the board, cases um, that have been settled, you know, uh, same-sex marriage, um, you know, education cases, Brown versus the board. You know, I'm concerned that precedent that's been established five years, 40 years, 50 years, I was reading just today that the four or five conservative uh, justices that were interviewed when they were uh, coming in and asked about cases like Roe v. Wade and, and other longstanding cases, they all said, oh, yeah, that's precedent. You know, that's been going on for a while. Pretty much we're not going to touch that. And right. lo and behold, look what happened yesterday. Right. I, I want to ask, Todd, and, and you mentioned that, you know, whether it's surrogacy or it's people crossing state borders. I mean, a lot of this law is not written, right, Todd? I mean, this is going to be this is navigable waters here between states, and then you have uh, will states extradite people to other states, right? I mean, there's a there's a lot of complications with this. And I don't want to get political, but I I really do see that the same thing that's going on in Congress with gun control and you know laws like that. You know, there may be a battle just even in Illinois uh, of Democrats versus Republicans and what we're going to do with these sort of new uh, new frontiers, right? Yeah. I mean, either way you, you sit on this decision, uh, there, there's just ramifications, right? I mean, no one can argue against that, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice. This is going to be a complicated legal field, and family law is going to be at the center of it. We do have a break in about a minute. Jim, is there any other points you want to bring up before we switch gears after I the break? Just, I just make the point that the um, issue of travel between states and whether or not you're going to be allowed to travel, and then your privacy rights. And I want to note that we've all sort of let our privacy ships sailed with our phones and locators. I was going to say, she's holding up her phone Mm -hmm. as a prop. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact is that we can all be tracked. So I feel like in many, many ways, we're moving way, way back into tools that that are way from the future, Mm -hmm. and that the danger is, is... present i just i'm very very concerned for sure all right uh gemma allen todd glassman hang on the line here todd and gemma you're not going anywhere we have a whole other conversation coming up in the next segment including uh, marijuana its effects on parenting (laughs) i mean like there's a lot technology and kids uh we got a lot to get to we'll do it after this on wgn let's get legal powered by the illinois state bar association here on wgn Got Gemma Allen, and we've got Todd Glassman. By the way, if you want to reach them for all things family law, 312-853-3000. And Gemma, you guys really do do it all in family law, don't you? We do, and we're going to see more, as Todd said. But we do um, paternity, prenups, postnups, regular divorces, um, some complex divorces. It's, it's life, and we love it because we feel like we're really moving the mission for people into the next chapter of their lives. Well, I was just going to say, Todd, I mean, it must just be such a reward when you have a client that comes to you when their life feels like it's torn apart and you can kind of patchwork it together and send them out the door for the next thing. And that's really it. You know, a lot of people ask me, how do you deal with uh, family law? You know, people that are going through their worst times in their life, they're losing their money, They're losing time, you know, with their children. They're losing at least half their assets a lot of the times. And I say, look, I mean, they come in at the worst times, but you're actually trying to make their life better. And when it has a positive impact on children, which is always our number one priority, that makes us feel like it's a mission and we're doing, I hate to say it, but sort of God's work. So, um, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, Gemma, I was wondering, as summer is heating up, we just got back from our thrice-delayed honeymoon three years later. Yeah, London and (laughs) Paris. And um, 
Would you advise, as you, the last thing you want is everyone coming to you because they're going to divorce, right? Your goal is to get more people happy beforehand, right? We, our byline is better beginnings, fewer endings. Yes. So we're into that. So I would say, would you advise that any couple that is seriously considering tying the knot doing a trip together? Not only because it's healthy and getting away, but you learn a lot from each other. Oh my gosh, yes. I say that it's kind of the litmus test of a relationship. I mean, there's so many things and they're all fun, but we're all different. Who's always on time? Who's always late? Who overpacks? You're looking at her um, (laughs) and others underpack. Who is going to be looking for bargains and who's looking for the spa? And then what do you want to do? And when you get there, what? How do you bridge the differences? Because everyone will have on any given day a difference, right? And how do you compromise, or do you start blaming each other for the trains, planes, and automobiles that don't work out, right? Right. Or the rainstorm, or the hotel that's terrible, right? Because every trip has its. No matter how well you plan it, there's going to be hiccups along the way, right? It's nice to see each other under a stress test, under a stress test, and under different circumstances, because life will just throw you different circumstances every step of the way, right? And if nothing else, Todd, it's a good reconnection for people, too, even for people that have been together for a long time. It really is. And it takes, you know, couples out of their comfort zone. They don't have their daily routine where they get the paper from their driveway. They have their morning coffee that's there every single day. They're in, you know, no pun intended, a foreign place. And they have to make decisions together on where they're going to go for breakfast, lunch, dinner. What are their activities? And to Gemma's point, you know, they're going to have completely different competing interests and if they're able to figure out a way not only to uh map out what they're going to do during the day but to your point john reconnect it really really helps rejuvenate relationships amen to that i wanted to ask about this great point you guys had on on this list that we talked about before the show about technology and kids right and you held up your phone you talk about boy we're tracked these days and we give up so much and the screen time debate is such an important one between parents and their children it probably just gets so complicated in a situation where the parents have split up. Are you seeing more technology issues, the parenting of kids and their technology coming up in family law discussion, Gemma? We are, um, and and good ways and bad ways. So the bad way is if parents already disagreed about screen time, they now each have a lawyer <laughs> to help them articulate a position. So I think everyone's views get more extreme. Um, the good news about technology on a limited basis, is that it does facilitate parenting when you're not the one in the home. The worst piece of news about a divorce is you will never be with your child 24-7 again. Right. And so with technology, you can be more in their lives on a come-and-go basis if it's not abused. Right. Um, But the notion of technology itself and how we as adults model dependency on technology is something that is a different issue. It's present in cases, but it's present in happy families and in unhappy families, too. Right. And, and Tana, backing up what Gemma was saying there, not only is it in, in cases where the parents have split, but I imagine this is something that can lead to tension within a relationship, a disagreement between mom, dad, mom, mom, dad, dad, about what their kids are and not allowed to do um, in terms of their phones. So, John, I'd like to think that I'm in a happy marriage, and uh, I have an intact family, and today is a perfect example. I had my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter at soccer and my son at basketball in North Court, both in the same venue, and my daughter was walking around soccer with her tablet. And I sent a picture, and my mom immediately said, why did she have her tablet? And the reason was because the only way to get her to get on the field and to sort of acclimate and get going and transition 
was she was screaming that she wanted her tablet. Huh. So I'm a, I'm a firm believer in rules and getting kids, you know, off the technology and getting into extracurricular activities. That's something that Gemma and I like to encourage in cases and parents together or apart, you know, give them structure, especially like in the summer, do camps, do park district, whatever you can afford. Uh, but there are times where it's a gray area. You sometimes need a tablet or a phone to avoid a scene like at a restaurant or a park. Yeah, for sure. It is, it's not easy for parents. And I think a society and just the, in, in, I would say how seductive technology mm. is, is true for every age. And we're guilty of it too. We are guilty of it. And so I try and make a rule even for myself about phones down when I come in the house. I read something the other day where someone suggested turn your phone to a gray setting and that will be much less attractive because it doesn't have lights and colors. Interesting. And I'm going to try it, but guess what? I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's seductive. Yeah. We like it. Right. And I, I think you bring up a good point there. It's Kids follow our behavior. exactly. So you got to have to be on each other as parents to follow your own rules that maybe you've set up for your kids. Um, we've got a couple more minutes left here. This is an interesting topic. You know, obviously, uh, marijuana cannabis legal now in the state of Illinois has been for a bit. And we're losing a little bit, I feel like, day by day, the stigma of uh, who uses cannabis and who uses marijuana. But, but we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that, of course, it is a mind-altering drug, just like alcohol is, right? And obviously, there's disagreements about whether it should be used or not used. But the reality is you're going to have parents who use cannabis and are also parenting. That's legal right now, just like having a drink is at the end of your day. You're still a parent during that time. Gemma, that can cause some friction and some important decisions to be made, right? Well, it does. And frequently, drugs themselves and use or overuse or misuse was one of the causes of the divorce, as is true also of alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I think for the same reasons, it affects parenting. Because I think if with marijuana, you might be too laid back or too not on schedule or too inattentive if you are using it to excess. So with alcohol, there's that issue, but also maybe hyper hostility or right. hyper anger or whatever, dangers of violence. But Every drug has its dangers. The difference is it's harder to measure an overuse of marijuana. Right. There aren't really the devices yet that we have for actually measuring when does alcohol become dangerous. Yeah, marijuana, and, yeah. Correct. We yeah. don't have it for marijuana. We do have it for right. alcohol. Right, exactly. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. But the truth is that we'll get there. Yeah. But in the meantime, it's a struggle for parents. It for really sure. is. Right. And also just a struggle, I imagine, for parents that are split apart. Especially if that was one of the reasons why, and now you're you're talking about that them still doing it with your kid in the time that they have it. Todd, that's got to be a, a, something that comes up in cases all the time. It comes up in cases all the time. Like I said, I represent children, and so you know what I like to recommend to parents that are splitting up or split up. You know, marijuana is not illegal anymore. You know, we all have to get over the stigma from 15 years ago that somebody smoking too much marijuana or marijuana at all is a bad person. But it really, you have to put the children's best interests in mind. So if it's becoming an issue, like if a parent's alleging that the other parent is smoking a lot of pot or pot when they have the, the children there, or it's affecting your judgment and a parent's not working like they should, you know, at the end of the day, what are you willing to do for your children? If it's becoming a red flag, you know, I look at things like, are you willing to just say, I'm done, or I'm going to do it very limited, but really, why do you need it at all if it's starting to impact your parenting? Oh, well, right. And, you know, it is, it's, it's very similar to alcohol, I imagine, right? A glass of wine with dinner, the end of the day, no one bats an eye at that. 
if you use cannabis after the kids go to bed to relax and that's it and it's just for you know limited times okay but it's just like anything it's the dosage just how much you're using it right exactly and role modeling yeah right and that's true <laughs> this is a complicated world already and you throw <laughs> marijuana into that or cannabis that can be an interesting conversation I, we're just about out of time i, I, I want to give you a few seconds here Gemma. who should be reaching out to you guys uh with what you guys do at allen and glassman so i think anyone who's either trying to make a decision about marriage and might be thinking about a prenup or make a decision about divorce. We actually don't um, advocate for divorce. We're just here. People need us in any aspect of it. Right. Todd, how about you? What do you think? You know, same thing. If you need a prenuptial agreement, if you're having issues on parenting, uh, really anything family law related or even close, and even if you're not quite sure that it meets what we do, give us a call. And if it's not something we specialize in, We'll send you, uh, we usually give a couple of names and send you the right way. 312-853-3000. I'm going to say it again, write it down. 312-853-3000. Todd, good to chat with you. Gemma, always a pleasure. A pleasure to be with you. Thanks so much. AllenGlassman.com. Thanks, guys.